Welcome to the Horror Supernatural Chop Shop. Chopping up the good, the bad, the insane movies, TV shows of the horror and supernatural genre. With games, trivia, facts, and more. Hello everybody, welcome to our second, yeah, second episode of the Horror Supernatural Chop Shop. With your host, myself, Zach, Mr. Eyeliner, the horror OG, and my horror queen, FX artist, master of blood, guts, and everything nuts, Jackie. Hello. Now, Jackie, please tell our listeners about your evil Chris and your amazing makeup life here. <clears throat> I mean, there's not much to tell. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. And basically doing makeup. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's not an easy thing. Everyone thinks they could pick up a brush or a sponge and think they could do great. And good luck to you if you think so. I love that. I just want to tell our viewers that when you listen to this this beautiful soul here of horror, you're going to hear the brutal, honest truth with me. We're going to have great debates between each other. But when she debates with me, I'm like, I learn. A lot of stuff from you, so thank you, Jackie. You're very welcome. Uh, tonight, I'm. This is going to be a show. We actually told you in the first episode. We're both makeup artists from our past. I'm not anymore. She still is. I still love makeup, and I still do makeup, but I'm not a professional makeup artist. You are, Jackie. And this movie we're going to view review tonight. We're. It's going to be a lot of makeup talk for a little bit. I think, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Definitely. So I hope you have a couple minutes worth of me ranting about it but okay yeah <laughs> yep so what are we reviewing tonight uh the texas chainsaw but we shouldn't even call it that it's a sorry excuse for a film well yeah it's actually called just chainsaw massacre because they couldn't get the texas chainsaw massacre it's just texas chainsaw massacre and it's funny enough while i was like planning to do this podcast with you i had after the talks we had i had to watch several other Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise movies where I can tell you the dirty and grittiness and bloodbathness now just took a lot of my comments away from what we just talked about yesterday about my review I'm going to talk about with you tonight because this didn't have any of the dirty grittiness of some of the other ones I just watched. <laughs> no, they literally had a brand new neon green chainsaw, of course. Yes, and you are the one that really brought up a chainsaw. I hope that most people who actually are fans of our horror genre understand what you're saying right now. Explain to our listeners what you mean by the chainsaw. Okay, so I don't really care if by now I'm spoiling anything. It's on Netflix, people. So if you haven't seen yep. it, uh, that's not my problem. But either way, so, you know, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as you're watching it, it's a bloody, gritty, dirty movie. And not even just that, all the other, like, sequels and all that stuff, it was still the same exact way. But let's just cut out 50 years because they wanted you to forget. And it's, you know, this film is the newest one continuing on from that. Okay, when he breaks into the wall, he's pulling out his chainsaw. I'm not going to explain why. I'll, like, leave a little bit of vagueness. But... When he pulls it out, guys, after 50 years, you know, the thing is brand new. It's a neon green. It's not even his original chainsaw. Wouldn't you think that, like, you know, after about 50 years, the thing is, like, bloody, decrepit, still everything just hanging on the thing? 
it literally looked like they had to go shopping really fast because maybe that was the last element they forgot. It literally looked like you got it out of the store that very day. Pretty ridiculous. And it was coming out of a wall that literally was falling apart. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I know our end. I know that's very little detail and probably some people would be like, oh my God, that's like not a big deal. It, it kind of is a big deal, so... No, I 100% do not think that most people who are like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, because I don't think people who have never seen a Texas Chainsaw Massacre are going to flock to Netflix to watch this movie. By the way, yes, the movie came out Friday. Everybody's seen it. There's a million reviews out there, so you're not spoiling anything. But, yeah, your comment is correctly on point, because anybody who's a fan of this franchise, if you've seen any of the eight installments or whatever before this, you know, you see the chainsaw looks gritty, dirty, disgusting. If you have it in a wall for 50 years, it's going to look disgusting. It's not going to look like something you just picked up in a store that was like, all right, it's on this counter or something. Yeah. So basically there was a, I will say like overall for details, they did not think a lot of details through in general. No, I absolutely did not think a lot of details and through. And when I heard about this being made, I think it was like almost a year and a half ago. And I heard, like, all right, the first thing I ever heard was Fidel Alvarez, you know, who did Evil Dead, was on board. And then when you finally get to the final product, you realize he's just a PG, PGA on the film. He had an original story that was then changed by two other writers. And, you know, this guy, I, I had a lot of hope. So do you, because you and I respect how he did Evil Dead with the, with the blood, the gore, and the real stuff that he wanted to have his real take on. And this it was, movie... It was practical not. effects. It wasn't CGI. It was practical effects. That means, like, everything that's on set is real and a prop. Exactly. So, and I was like, so you, as a makeup artist, how a offensive... People, a lot of people don't understand that, that there's a difference between CGI and practical effects. Practical effects are something that if this movie, this movie, we had, I think we had this conversation. If this movie actually went the way of practical effects, the real truth of them working their butts off to try to do the actual work, hire a ten-person makeup team, some great artists to do the, the, the prosthetics, like and then the makeup, instead of paying like thirty grand and fifty grand, whatever you paid for CGI and computer-generated effects, the makeup. At least in the movie, again, we're going to say the movie wasn't a great movie, but it could have been a great bloodbath of a movie if you did the real makeup. Yeah, and I will say, I'm not going to downplay the goriness of the movie because they did go really gory. I'm not saying they didn't, but the only two kills that were decent to me were the two officers in the very beginning. After that, if you look closely, and I know most people wouldn't do this and they probably don't even notice it or care, but when you look close enough, you mean, you know, you could tell that 97% of it was, like, all CGI and, and so fake, especially in the bus scene. Like, yes, that part was the most brutal part of all. But, you know, when at some point he's, like, slicing someone in half and you could tell a computer literally made everything look like it was falling out. And, and then also, I'm going to point it out right there, that very next morning, do you see her body, her other half of her body hanging outside the bus? Don't. There we go. And if you did see that at the end, how much of a money shot ending would that have been for like any horror fan watching that and being redeemed from the movie? Oh, yeah, Us there was watching that any, movie. No, there wasn't even like any blood or anything like on the outside of the bus, even from a far away. You'd be able to see something. You didn't see anything. Yeah, and like for us, like 
when you watch a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, you want to get, like, you always see that the after effect of what the body looks like. You look at any of the eight installments of these movies, you see, like, when Leatherface is going to work and cutting apart your limbs, and you see, like, what the actual body looks like. You see the after effects. This movie, if all the budget they have in this generation couldn't even give us the other half of a body or a bunch of dead bodies on the bus at the end, you know, that would have been so much better for, like, a, a final proof of this movie being okay you know yeah i was about to say my two my basic two favorite kills of the movie because it actually those parts were real was the officers and the guy that got his head smashed in yeah and when and and the officer like we discussed the officer like that was like when we i'm gonna tell you and i think you can agree that was you could tell that was actually done by a professional and it probably took way too long and ever in studio or productions, like we're not going to do every kill where it's taking three hours, four hours to do um, these looks. You do realize that sometimes makeup will take up to 18 hours, depending on what it is. Yeah, and I don't think that that studio was like, eh, we have the money, but we just don't want to waste days doing that. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, it, so how would you rate this as a movie and I'll give you two options as a movie of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise as a movie itself and as a blood count movie so what in our generation one to, one to ten yeah one to ten all three yeah okay overall for the first one for the overall of the movie three out of ten and the bloodbath yeah, it was CGI, but they did a decent enough bloodbath. I would say eight out of ten. And as a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, what would you give it? I didn't hear the last thing you said. As like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre like franchise film, how would you rate that? Like in the group of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Like how would I rate the newest one out of them? Yeah. Uh oh, out of a two. Yeah. That there sounds about right. So there really, there just wasn't enough explanation to. That was the thing. Like there was a lot of things that could have been forgiven about it, but also to me, like of an explanation to say we're gonna come here and we're gonna buy this town and turn it into our own little society cult, like basically. And it's like it, it like it was it was dumb. Like there wasn't any more explanation than that. Like yes, you saw like the youngest sister like have her PTSD. I get that, but like. The thing is, is it's confusing because that keeps doing a flashback sequence and you don't actually really know where all of this is really in a way where it's annoying to not have an idea. And yeah, and that, does that fit into the Texas Chainsaw like franchise? That's my, no, my, my no. question. It doesn't. So with me, now my answer, my question, my answer is going to be for the, the question I asked you is, okay. I give the movie the same score. A three as it's a, it's a movie, as a, as a movie. When it comes to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, it, I mean, besides the fact that, okay, Leatherface is like, it's 50 years now, and somehow he's living in this orphanage with this woman, and you're kind of like doing the same storyline from both of the movies, with, like him putting lipstick on and everything. Eh, you know, I'm a little like two out of three on that one. When it comes to the blood count, yes, with the CGI, and yeah, I watch it a second time, there's so many opportunities to have made it so much more bloody, bloodying, more beautiful and gory and do our chop shop like special uh, shout out to it. But it did not take the time. Like you said, the, ma- the most amazing facts of makeup done in that movie was the first K 
kills in the beginning. And after that, it just was like they wanted to save money. And the dude that got his the guy that got his face smashed in, that was a good one too. Oh, Richter. Yeah, that, that was really good. And I enjoyed his character. It's so funny though. Richter, I like if you saw that I think it was called that movie like you know a few years like I don't know years back Leatherface when like, he was a kid and Stephen Dorff was like the sheriff. Well, in this movie, this guy like pretty much looked like the younger version or like Stephen Dorff's son like, in this movie, so it was weird. Yeah, I never watched that one. You were the one you were talking about. I stopped watching a lot of the franchise like a long time ago because it just kept getting more and more dumb. Yeah, like once Michael Bay and Platinum Dunes and all them got involved in buying the franchises of our favorite horror films, these movies went so downhill. All you had to do is put a CW star, somebody big like a Jessica Biel uh, or someone like that in these movies. And, oh, we're going to Michael Bay Productions. And that was like what we now have in these movies. This movie, I, I thought it was going to try to be different. And then we watched it and you saw it before me. You're like, oh. And I'm like, I'm watching, and I'm like, I'm trying to find some demeaning, like some value in it. And I'm just kind of annoyed as well now as I watch it a second time. Well, also, I know that, like, we had talked about this yesterday, that obviously, yes, in new movies and stuff, they're going to do a lot of, like, uh, technology culture. But it was in the bus scene where, like, I'm sorry, dude, I'm going to say this right now, but if there's some dude, like, coming after you with a chainsaw and literally just killed, like, five people in front of you, are you really going to continue to keep holding up your phone like a dumbass? I would hope not, because seriously, there's no, there's no like hope for mankind if that's really what you're gonna do. And that that pegs the question: Are movies gonna follow that suit? Is the real world gonna actually go that way? Or well, is yeah. that how the youth is gonna suit. go? Remember, in the movie Scream, they really started just making everything a joke, and people would like go to say, "I'll be right back," and one girl's like, "Oh, you're gonna get murdered, huh?" <laughs> like, yeah, but it, you're on a bus with a bunch thing. of people. It's the same type of shit. It doesn't matter what setting it is. The stuff now. It's like literally like somehow people have to like be focusing on their phones somehow. Like, and it just kind of fucking kills it for me. So say some guy with like a skin mask walks onto a bus. You're on like a festival tour on a bus. And a guy in general, or a woman in general, a person in general, walks on with a skin mask. I would literally probably just like pretend and drop dead and just stay still. But then go a little further. So they come onto the bus, like owning it with a weapon. And either it could be a gun, a chainsaw, a knife, a switchblade, a, you know, you name a weapon. What weapon would be most scary for a guy with a mask walking onto a bus that you're a part of with other people and scaring the hell out of you to the point where you want to pretend you're dead or like you're going to jump out the damn window. Matter. You're literally naming off a bunch of weapons that are all scary. It doesn't matter. A bus with any kind of weapon, even a dude that comes on the bus, a huge dude that looks fucking creepy and has no weapon, it's still scary. So you can't really say which weapon would you be scared of. You can't even like, you can't even justify that. So with that trick question, we're talking about now that people in uh, this generation, they're not afraid of anything. Like they, they don't think anything's real. Okay, but the thing is, though, is like, yeah, that's a bullshit statement because most parents sit there and pillow coddle their kids. So, no, a lot of them, like, are scared as hell of, like, the littlest fucking thing. So, again, like, that part of the movie literally, to me, like, made zero sense. I could understand 
thoughts at first they were recording them like they were because like it could have been like some kind of ploy or like joke or whatever but once he actually starts fucking using the chainsaw and killing people again these kids these people continue to be on their phones like recording him like you're dumb you wouldn't do that but if there are people that would have do that like in real life there's no hope for mankind no, no. I mean, I, I would. I would, I would have immediately. I would have immediately fucking dropped dead. I like would have made it look like I was already dead or something. Like oh, I'm not even well, kidding. It didn't matter. Well, how'd you feel since you said that? How'd you feel about the first the, the girl? You know, who was the the future wife of the, one of the main characters who was in the sheriff's car, who was trying to pretend she was dead in the beginning. In that, yeah, but then the bitch, no, dude, no, you can't, you can't even justify that one either, though, because the bitch like kept moving. She should have just like literally stayed not moving for however fucking long, even if she was doing that into the night. The problem is, is the bitch decided to seriously like move every time she didn't see him. Like, dude. Like, just fucking play dead. Even if you have to play dead for, like, two or three hours straight because you're not sure if he's gone yet or not, you do it. Yep. So now, me. let's play this. Sympathy for the devil. So, Sympathy for the devil here. Okay, so Leatherface, it's 50 years later. Somehow, Leatherface, and over the years in the movies, his name is Tommy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They always name him in different movies, different name. Uh, in this movie, he's in an orphanage with this woman. The woman actually has to be to the house. They're kicking her out. She passes. He freaks out. Now he becomes Leatherface again after 50 years. And does this actually make sense to Leatherface legacy? Does this represent Leatherface the right way, in your opinion? No. Not at all. I don't even have to even explain that because you just did. So, no. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's why would you put us in a... I, I get Harlow. I get they're doing it. But Leatherface is just upstairs. Let, don't let anybody go into my room. This is, so this killer from the house in Texas is hiding out in, a, in a, this place with her. And this happens. And But the guy, Richter, doesn't know. He's the only other guy in the town. And he doesn't know who this guy is either. He knew. Yeah, Richter got, got, you know, he got got for what he knew, though. Well, that was his own fault for sticking around. You're talking to somebody where I have zero empathy for people that I don't have some kind of connection with on a personal level. Now, with this movie, when we watch horror movies we love, we get we love some of the characters. We can name some of our biggest like films that we love, and we actually get invested in our characters. That you and I, I'm going to start with you. Did you get invested in any of our main characters? No. I found no redeeming value hey. in any of these characters. Well, yeah, because there was no real connection at all. But to be quite honest, I mean, they've been doing that for the past, like, 15, 20 years now. There's not much of a deep-level connection with half of the slasher films have been out since. So it's I very think it was, I, But I want to say this. I think it was a, such a big cop-out to bring in such a tragedy that happens in our world and put this in a movie where you have... And again, this should not have been a storyline in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or franchise movie. This could have been an independent horror film or thriller film where you had two sisters. One sister was a survivor of a school shooting. That's what they were trying to show us in little clippets. And now she's got that bullet mark in her and everything else. That could have been its own standoff movie that doesn't have to do anything with this. Them giving us this storyline is trying to get a sympathy for these characters. But at the same time, you don't give her enough screen time to talk. She's got headphones on half the time. Her sister kind of comes up as an asshole no, no, in the beginning. No, it's like now you're getting now you're getting too technical. 
Like, it doesn't have to be that technical. I don't think that, like, they summed up her story good enough to, like, understand where that was coming from. And the thing is, is, like, now you're getting a little too technical where, like, the thing is, is realistically, slasher flicks are pretty self-explanatory and simple. They always, they always have been. That's always been a thing. So, like, the little things right now that you're snippeting about, like, are kind of, like, things where it's, like, it makes a point. But it's not necessarily that most people would even, like, look into. It's, like, people like you and me and other dozens of people that are in this industry with us, they would understand that. But most people, like, they're not going to sit there overanalyzing the movie. The problem is, is they've made it they've made it simplified, but not in the way that it used to be. They simplified it in a way where, like, most people on these movies, like, they're focusing and relying so much on their technology. So that, like, honestly, half the time, that's what actually gets a lot of them killed at this point now during most of these slasher movies. Like, when they're texting to be like, get out of the house, or I'm right around the corner, and they or they forget to turn their ringer off. Like, who does that? Well, yeah, again, correct. I, I am being very snippy there. The same subject, different subject. That's what's going to happen sometimes. I'm going to veer off for like a minute or two at some point. So. <laughs> I know. Well, as I'm being snippy, why the hell would the two writers even include something that in an hour and 25 minute movie where some uh, one or two people might think, okay, we're giving us a storyline. We might be interested in a character, not going out anywhere with it. Just give us old school slasher characters then. You know, don't give us something to think about and give us flashbacks. It's a waste of film. Well, pretty much. Yeah, they, they did too many of those. That's why at some points it was kind of a movie because it was kind of like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like, what am I even watching right now? They made it a little, they were trying to make it a little too personal at the same time. So it was kind of did not become a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie until like what 20 minutes into the movie and honestly this is where me and you kind of don't like have the same mindset on this I don't think it did like I wouldn't call it that that's why in the very beginning of this whole entire thing I said if you even want to call it that so I feel like I'm talking about a movie that shouldn't even have that title no, correct, because you put Leatherface in there, but the only time he ever heard a reference was what when she said leather, leather dick or something. I don't remember what she said, but it wasn't Leatherface. You know, and it was, it, they really didn't make much. You put Sally back from the original movie that wasn't the original actress. You put her in there, but again, I want you to tell our viewers how you felt about them bringing back the original Final Girl from that movie. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty bad. I I don't understand. I don't know. I really thing to say about that because she literally only got like realistically about fifteen minutes, and to sit there and like point a gun right at the dude, and like didn't bother to shoot him because somehow she miraculously thought he was gonna say her name, and then he kills her like five minutes later. I mean, like there's not much else to say about it. No, it's here's the thing though is like at the same time because I thought about this a little bit more is at the same time like who knows maybe the real life actress like in real life maybe she just didn't really want to be in it that much maybe she wanted to come back and just kind of go out like in a grand 
grandiose type fashion. So, I mean, we don't know. Maybe that was kind of all her where like, she's like, I'll be in it, but I don't really want to like be in it for like a long period of time. So for all we know, maybe that was just her kind of thing that she wanted. Who knows? And, and yeah, you can understand. They're repeating the same recipe that when they when these guys did the Halloween reboot that John Carpenter approved, and they put Jamie Lee Curtis back as a final, you know, as our final girl. She had screen time. This girl as it's not the same actress. The actual real actress yeah, that played that, that Sally true. character is dead, and they even have the time. Yeah, but the last Halloween sucked. I'm sorry, you had to. No, not, not. I'm talking about not Halloween Kills. I'm talking about the first one before that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the first one before that was good. Yes, and praying that the new one is good that we'll review sometime in the next year. Yeah, no, the second one was just a filler. But did you, <laughs> this is stop this year, and did you not notice at the end of the credits how they're hoping to God that they have a next movie to this franchise on Netflix? What, of Halloween? No, of, tech, of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That final shot is them begging Netflix and Legendary Films to give them a sequel to this now. Yeah, pretty much. It happens, though. I mean, if anyone's surprised about that, then they're dumb. Because... Man, that... <laughs> yeah. Obviously, they're going to leave it out. They're going to leave stuff like that open, so... All right, so our final comments on this movie that just came out this Friday. Let's start with... I'll start, and I'm going to give my Chop Shop review stars of if you should watch this movie on Netflix. Okay, so I'm going to give this movie from our Chop Shop review here, and my my score, if you like a good movie that's a horror movie, eh, if you just want to see a cool bloodbath that you have to, and you don't recognize CGI or computer effects and you're not aware to it, it's awesome. Great kills, great bloodbath. I loved it. Got excited for it. But when, I, when you know what you know, you're kind of offended by it. So don't take that personally if you don't know that stuff. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, Leatherface was there. They tried somewhat. They gave us something. Scenery, beautiful. Uh, visual shots, beautiful. Everything. They set the town up nicely. Even though the location was shot great. But it was definitely not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. I love the face needs to come back in a different way, in my opinion. And that's my score. I give it. And the chop shop, like, out of four skulls and, like, four, like, chainsaws, I give it two. I was about to say, so, yeah, I would say my review on it is, I will agree, the location, they made it look location-wise extremely, they were supposed to be in Texas and everything because, I mean, you had informed me yesterday that they had shot in Canada. So kudos to them on the location and how they made it look. The bloodbath part, yeah, it was good. Like you recognize CGI or anything. It is really good. Like it's a, it's creative and everything. But um, line a zero. Uh, pretty much the kills, the passion of the kills. I will say that's like almost a 10 because they were creative enough for that. Overall, to be quite honest, though, there was too many things that disappointed. There was too many questions. And yes, I'm nothing, just things like that, like just kind of feeling like a very rushed, put together movie of like, that just didn't really make sense. I don't think it should be called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I would say overall, everything, including high number for the effects, I would say, I would say like, Oh, I would have to agree a two. 
So that would be my review for it. Like I said, there was there were so many things that were amiss if you're a real fan. If you're not if you're not really familiar enough with it, then you're gonna love it. If you are a hardcore fan, you can. And there you go, everybody. You're gonna hear this going forward on the show. Our reviews. And this is actually me and Jackie's 100 percent equal review of a movie. And us, we're talking as horror fans. We're not trying to offend anybody here. We're just being brutally honest. We're saying, as horror fans, horror makeup artists, horror lovers, you're going to not like this movie if you're going in there wanting gore and blood that you know people have actually done. And that's our point. That's our point of when we talk about films, we're going to be real and honest and genuine and probably teach you some stuff if you don't know about it. Or there's sometimes for me, eventually when people write to us, they'll teach us some stuff too. So, and I, w- I would love that. Never, Maybe some people can like, do that. Never yeah. We could end up learning some things from other people. And you know what? Everybody should know that officially of this week and this, this episode comes out, we're so honored to tell everybody we're on Spotify and now iTunes. Yeah, I was about to say, oh, I forgot about you telling me about iTunes. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, it's so fun. You could sit... If you drive in your car, if you're on the bus, you can throw on podcasts and listen to us or ramble and do chop shopping kind of great reviews of movies that you might love our reviews, hate our reviews, but comment. And in a few weeks, we'll tell you how to comment at us. But right now, go to our Instagram and comment at us. And right now, let's talk about, let's chop it up. Let's, let's do this organically, like we always say. Weapon-wise, in all horror movies, what weapon in our slasher film Growing up as kids to now, what weapon of any villain that we like the best? Oh, fuck. That's a hard one. Machete. Machete does not get a lot of credit. You're correct. Machete does not get a lot of credit. I, I was about to say, Jason's my man. I like the machete thing. I feel like not a lot of people uh, rely on that. Or, I mean, it's not a pot, like, honestly, like, that's my, that would be my favorite weapon of choice, but be real here, it's really not that popular of a weapon, because, I mean, you re- you really got to have some uh, real good trust to actually operate a machete. Yeah, you so, have to have some upper body strength. If you're going to put a machete into flesh of a body, you better know, like, you better have that upper body, like, strength. You better know you're down for it, because... You're not just a regular guy killing someone with a machete. Sorry. Wait, wait, why does that have to be a guy? Uh, per, sorry. Person. Person. Feminist. No, person. <laughs> yeah, yes, you're correct. Like, per, I'm not. Person. Like, anybody <laughs> who's going to pick up a machete, I'm sure anybody who picks up a machete is going to feel great in the hand with the machete, but wait until you hit into some flesh, you know? And you come, you, know, you, you talk about a chainsaw. All you got to do is like, eh. And if you got the, you know, cojones oh. to like put the chainsaw to somebody, you're good to go. I totally forgot an actual point that uh, my hubby made. Can I say one more thing about the chainsaw? My hubby Please. made a very, hubby made a very good point when he got the chainsaw started and somehow was magically able to cut to pipe after the chainsaw that's been sitting in a wall for 50 years. Suddenly, it's strong yes. enough to wood in a pipe. Hubby gets two points from me for that one. So I just had to throw that one in there real quick because I just thought of it when we were talking about chainsaws. So, like, honestly, yeah. Like, I would say 
Also, the thing too is chainsaws are great. Don't get me wrong, but they can be annoying because you have to keep like making sure it has enough fuel. It's like it can get heavy after a while carrying it around. You have to like make sure it's like all good and operational. Like they make just it look so Ash. easy that chainsaws just, just start all the time, and they just don't. Just as Ash from the Evil Dead. Yeah, how many times he had like Miss Miss Mover mixed with that thing when he was trying to kill some demons and whatnot in these movies. Like the chainsaw stop, he got thrown around the room by like a, a demon or something. It's like you gotta watch out with these chainsaws. So I would say chainsaw would be my least favorite. If I had to yeah. like lug it around if I had to lug it around and kill people and stuff. So and I wanna go back to you know what I really missed, I really wanted in this movie, and I want it in like anything that's kind of called this kind of like this franchise. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw franchise. What was the best thing I loved about it growing up was you saw so much disgusting, gritty kills in like a room where you had like a meat cleaver, you had hooks, you had him cutting off flesh, and you saw him like taking his time, cutting off arm flesh, putting it on his face, you know, stitching it together. Some like real authentic work value right there. Like I like I like seeing if you're gonna see the villain do some work value as a the killer of the movie, you wanna see that. That's just like remember the movie Wrong Turn. Remember it showed the dude, the body of the girl, like, slowly, and it showed oh. everything. It showed her getting her, like, leg and her arm cut off and everything. Like, remember that? Yeah. In Wrong Turn, people sleep on Wrong Turn, but if you – it's not a great movie, but you see some of these scenes that you're talking about. There are some amazing kills in the Wrong Turn. No, I will have to – I'm going to say I will have to disagree with you. I actually like Wrong Turn a lot. I did not mind Wrong Turn. I think Wrong Turn – like when you had like the actors that were in that movie, they they kind of slept on it because it's gonna be one of those movies with the popular actors. But it was badass. It actually was pretty disgusting. Yeah, that's what I literally was showing all the kills. So I'm just saying that like that's an example of like they that should have been like incorporated into this that kind of stuff. Like actually yeah, like, showing. And, like, speaking of that, you know what that reminds me of? You ever saw the Hitcher remake with Sean Bean? Where, like, yeah. the girl from, like, well, yeah. Like, that movie, was he, like, how was he this, un- that always brings me up to, like, when you just mentioned that. And that movie just brought me to it. Like, how is this guy, this unkillable person, you know? Did, I no, just did, want you to- did you see the original Hitcher? Oh, see Thomas Howell? Hell, yes. And just, you know, yeah, just, just say, I feel like the original was like kind of more psychologically brutal. It was, but again, um, the re- the remake was more hardcore because Platinum Dune, I think, and Michael Bay Productions. Michael Bay was like, okay, let me ruin the horror generation, like I ruined the action generation of movies, and he started like putting all these directors to hire for these movies and remaking right. them. Now you're you're now you're just taking it a little too personally. Oh, like, uh, we'll we'll have a we'll, we can have a whole whole hour conversation about how Michael Bay is destroyed yeah, horror movies. Going to because you're just being a Debbie Downer. You stop that. <laughs> All right, I'm stopping that. Thank you for me being a Debbie Downer. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just say it right there. You know, we could be mad about things, but you know, let's not hate the whole entire world about it. Okay. So. All right, so let me ask you, this is the uplifting horror for people, lovers, now. Let's ask us, how would we do our own Texas Chainsaw? We could have redone that ending to Texas Chainsaw. I'm sorry. I I wouldn't do it. Guns ahead. You had to do it. Guns ahead. No. Then shoot me. 
That's too much to oh. put the gun to your head. Dude, I was thinking about that if a gun was to my head. I'd literally be thinking, hey, there's a fucking gun to my head. Like, that's all I'd be thinking. That's the worst example to saying, ever, like, to bring up. They're, they're saying, like, we're going to shoot you if you don't give us a better ending. And kill me. And on that note, I'd like to talk about our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'd like to thank again my good friend, Nick from Pretty For Us Clothing. And our promo code is THS Shop Shop for a great discount. And where you can get some of the best Sour Harvest socks. Def is the only beginning tease. Prey chokers, facial mask, light bags, and tote bags. Which, Jackie, I'm going to consider getting you an amazing Pray for Us tote bag for all your amazing makeup equipment very soon. Sweet. Wait, no, get me shoes. Shoes? Shoes? Yeah. Shoes. All right, maybe, maybe, wait, maybe. Wait, wait. I like Halloween, but I like shoes too. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I'm going to, like I said, sometimes I'm going to veer off, but it's still going to relate to everything. So, yes, it definitely does. Like, I, you know what I want? I want a nice, long, Stevie Nicks inspired horror cape with like just custom, true. Oh designs on it from every horror movie I love and I'm looking for a designer to do that somehow I am going to actually put out there I'm going to give a shout out to uh my big bro he actually does graphics and flyers and things like that I was that's actually why I was bringing it up you just reminded me but you can actually catch him on Instagram under J-O for whoa graphics he's amazing doing this stuff pretty much since it was even a thing before it was actually a thing you know when internet first like broke and everything he was playing around with all that stuff so so he's like an og in that world huh yes he was a he was doing it he was playing around with it when like we first had a computer and he was just fiddled around with it he wasn't he didn't anyone teach him he self-taught himself so please follow him and i want to give a special shout out to our creator of our logo Uncle Hunter on Instagram. He's a great tattoo artist from New York. He's tattooed me and he's tattooed several hundreds of people in New York for great messaging and great designs of horror. And he will be working with us very soon on new designs, as will Jackie's brother on some new stuff and great ideas coming up in the future. Yeah, and he could tattoo your buddy. Yeah, he definitely will get you a tattoo and I will get a tattoo. And I don't know where, you know, eventually I'll be running out of space and you'll be running out of space, but we'll keep doing it. I'm already running out of space. What do you, what are you talking about? I'm keeping the legs free to do my Twilight Zone full piece. And do my Creep Show and Chainsaw Massacre full piece on the other leg. I have tattoo ADD, so, you know. Tattoo ADD is the way that we're going to be living the rest of our lives because anytime I smell someone getting a new tattoo, I have to jump out and call a tattoo artist and be like, I need a tattoo. Oh, no. I just I just sometimes don't even get mine finished because like, it's kind of like when I go to look at a piece of candy and then all of a sudden I say, oh, squirrel. It's like, ooh, piece of candy, squirrel. So <laughs> I have some problems. Speaking of candy now, when you watch a horror movie, your hubby, I say, we're hanging out. And you and I come out to see you, and you come, and we're all hanging out together. What candy would we be eating? We watch a horror movie that we actually are excited to see that we've seen already. Oh my god! 
can't give you one. The possibilities are endless. Like, give me on- like three. Okay, one famous thing for like Halloween candy is buttercups or any kind of Reese's. That's like popular and just has to happen because that's like the Halloween like number one treat if you're not allergic to peanut butter. <laughs> Good um, I would say Kit Kats. That's another one. Twizzlers, pull and peel. Oh. Twizzlers, regular. Um, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh... Mounds, almond. I can just keep going. I'll I'll, I'll just say mine real quick. S'mores. Candy corn. I'm the candy corn guy. I love candy Ew, corn. Candy corn is disgusting. If you bring candy corn into my house, I'm literally gonna throw it over the balcony and run over it with my car. Run out like a like the flash of bolts, and I will get it, and I will make sure I eat it before you can run it over. I love my Kit Kats. I love my Reese's Pieces. And another candy album, maybe not Halloween, Peeps. I like my Peeps. And they do make Halloween Peeps. Oh, my God. That's an Easter candy. That doesn't count right now. They make Halloween Peeps. Oh, do they? They did this year. My niece got me one. I said them, yes. Little, like, horror-looking Peeps they make now. They make, like, the pumpkin Peeps and stuff, I think. Oh, my God. You just reminded me they have Peeps at the dollar store. But, yes. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> okay there's all kinds of halloween candy i will say okay so here's a question for you what was your favorite you have to pick one in the past 10 years what's been your favorite halloween costume that you've done for yourself oh for myself in the past mm. 10 years you can only choose one which has been your favorite halloween costume that you've done on yourself like dressed up as okay well I can answer that. Uh, when the first original It came out, you know, the first, like the, the, the new version of It that I love with my, with my buddy from Hemlock Grove, Bill Skarsgård, I was so inspired by that look. And I'm an anti-bullying activist. So I did this look and I had a makeup artist design based on my look and me. I designed the clothes. She did the makeup. And I was the anti-bullying, basically, It character with the costume on. And I had... If you're and I had a shirt, a design hoodie on with the outfit that said, "If you're bullying, you all float down." And I went out there to a few neighborhoods with my buddies, and you saw me walking around. And kids were so freaked by me, and some adults were even creeped out by me in bars because I had the makeup and I had this fake prosthetic arm that I actually worked on, and it, and it was great. The fact that I created the anti-bullying it clown was my favorite design in the last few years. Because that was my last real Halloween where I felt comfortable doing anything for Halloween after our pandemic, you know, and all everything. Well, yeah, exactly. In yours? Uh, uh, let me think. Probably my most, my most favorite. Can I say two? Because there's two. You're an artist, like no other, no, no one knows. So you please say two. Yes. Okay, so the first one, my first favorite is when I did the original Bride of Frankenstein, the one from the 30s. So I did everything. I found the sheet so that I let it all just float down. It looked like the way I had it on me, it looked like I actually had shoulder pads. I used gauze. I had my mom give me, not gauze, ace bandages. My mom gave me a bunch for ace bandages. I got like an authentic wig online. I went all out and everything. So that was my first one. My second favorite was when I was a zombie version of Snow White and 
I got, when I do costumes, I go 120% with it. So I got the gown. I ended up making the shoes. I decorated the shoes and everything. I got like the right kind of wig, the headband. I did her, made myself look like I had been like freshly dead zombie. How long? I just did it all. So that those are my two favorites. And these are two great picks. I, I can't wait to do a Halloween uh, photo shoot with you uh, this coming year. I, you know, one of my great ideas, like having you as my bestie now, is I wish, I hope that we could create something. If you've ever seen the show, what we do in the shadows, we can get like that team together, your hubby, and we can all be what we do in the shadows characters. Because I think you'd look like an amazing Naja. And like, I think I could be a great character within that group and it would be funny uh, and well, amazing that would be that would be awesome but that'll probably have to be the year after my two costumes planned uh look at you already months ahead of time i always plan it the day after halloween which... <laughs> i literally get planning like the day after halloween like every year that that's the thing i used to be the same way but i was always designing costumes and makeup looks for everyone but myself so yeah, for but years, the, I, I was wasn't even past, thinking about me. I was going to say the past couple of years, I pretty much like have like thought about like me at some points because there is some times where I like to be able to go do stuff around that time. And because I worked at the couple different haunted attractions that I worked at at the time, I was never like that. So I finally just decided I was going to take the season off and I just ended up enjoying it and I ended up getting a lot of my a lot more of my makeup gigs and I felt like I had more respect going on in that community so it's kind of like it is going to happen from now on so the haunted attractions was like were great experiences but all in all like continuing to just do me at this point I'm going to do me in that sense of that part of the industry for myself same way here. I'm going to keep doing my own craft and look on a horror character that I create my own with the meaning of how I define myself message-wise. And uh, I have an idea for my costume this year that we'll talk about in a few months that I will first talk about with you before we do this podcast. And I would love for you to even collaborate on my makeup. For your Halloween costume? Yes, I'm most likely going to be in New Hampshire with you guys for it because in New York, man, eh, I'd rather be out there with you guys. I'd rather be there. New York is not the same anymore. Like in that situation, it's too, man, eh, I'd rather be with real horror people. Well, it would probably be after October. October is a pretty busy month in general for the, for mainly me, but that's when we have our wedding anniversary and everything. Oh, God, I got to like, I got to get a, send me some registry. So like a, a gift I can pick out, you know, for your anniversary. What are you talking about? We already got married. <laughs> you know, I, but I just, you know, I don't know you guys. When you got married, I got to get you something now. You got to hug me. <laughs> I was about to say, no, you're good. It's fine. All right. We already, thank have, God. So, we already have so much stuff right now that I don't, um, <laughs> I don't know if we could fit any more stuff. Wait till we actually have like a bigger place. How about that? That and sounds will, good. Then I will gladly accept your gift. So I wanted to say, we're going to be uh, reviewing horror films for the next, I'm going to say the next month or so. And then I want to tell everybody, how do you feel about this, Jackie? We're going to start on some supernatural films for an entire month. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I accept it. 
so yes, everybody, we're going to continue our horror movies. And this week was this really impromptu episode that we talked about because we had to jump on that line and make sure we give our review of this movie because everybody's going to be seeing it and we have to do this. It's going to be out there and you're going to hear this. But next Monday, we're going to be releasing our following third episode, which we will post this movie that we're going to be reviewing that Sunday night. So you get an idea of what we're going to be talking about when you hear it Monday. So be ready for that. It's a movie that Jackie and I both, when she mentioned it, we're like, heck yes. Are we going to tell them? Nope. We're not telling anybody until next week. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're going to make everybody just like start to go all crazy. Be like, but we want to know. I'll just say it's an actually really well done film written, directed, and acted with some pure fright. And if you've ever seen it in the theaters, like I have, and I think maybe you have, it scared the hell out of you with like lights off and really great scares. A hundred percent. It's hard for me to get freaked out with movies, but this one definitely creeped me out. So Exactly. Like we're gonna be reviewing a lot of cool reality horror films. Like reality meaning it might have happened, it might have been happening, or might have happened and they take parts from it. This is one of those films. So get ready to hear a whole different version of Zach and Jackie reviewing a movie next week where a lot of our podcasts might be talking about the movie this time. Yes, exactly, a hundred percent. And this has been a great podcast. So Jackie, let's before we get off the air, I just wanna say again. We are like this is a great beginning to our show. I hope everybody follows and supports us. We are the real deal of horror. Please tell everybody how they can follow you on your Instagram, your Facebook. Um, you can follow me under Instagram under Evil Pris, all lowercase, E V I L P R I S S. Or you can find me on Facebook under Jackie Hunt, and my FX page is called Blood Guts and Everything Nuts. Those are the two different sources that you could find me other under, and uh, it includes my email address. And if you ever need to book anything, just uh, you'll know how to hit me up once you find that page. On and I recommend everybody to listen to her because when she says you can book her, she is called the traveling artist. This girl will travel to you. So contact her for any makeup looks and you better book her months in advance for every big occasion. She's very busy. And then on me, you could find me at Zach, the chop shop at Gmail for any questions or inquiries about bookings, sponsorships, or guest spots. Find us on Spotify and iTunes at the supernatural, the horror supernatural chop shop. Find us on Instagram, follow us, comment on us, the horror supernatural chop shop. And together, Jackie and I are always going to be responding to you in the time we have. And we're going to make sure your comments are answered. So please enjoy our shows, continue respecting us and supporting us and hating us if you want, whatever you want, you know? I was about to say, I'm going to say everybody, thank you so far for whoever has been following us so far. Keep it going, keep it moving, and let's all creep it real. Creep it real, and we're going to chop it up very soon next weekend. Chopping it up again with a real scare. (laughs) thank you again evil pris and have a bloody night thank you you too goodbye everybody good night goodbye everybody